deep breath. Hey everybody, Sunny here. I suspect this might become a naughty talk short, so if it does, thanks for listening and I hope you do join us for the next full episode. I am actually recording from the bathtub and typical me, this is sort of my safe place where I go when the world just does not make sense and I need to take a little time for myself and take a breath. So yeah, (laughs) I'm doing that. And I'm just processing recent events. I, over the weekend, did a lot of crying. I have burst into tears several times recently. And I have had fits of rage. And feelings are valid. And... I texted Panda earlier today and I said, you know, I really think we should address Roe on the podcast and I really want to do it in a thoughtful way. And I thought about putting something really organized together. But the truth of the matter is, you know, my feelings aren't super organized right now. And I thought, you know what? Maybe this is a moment to just sort of speak from the heart because anybody can go on Google, get, you know, a list of resources on the internet for counseling, for abortion access resources. You can, at, you know, the touch of your fingertip, pull up the local places that you can go to protest, register for protests. You can find lists of organizations that are working on providing funding for travel for abortion care. Big companies that are reimbursing this kind of travel for employees. Some of them pretty shocking to me. I saw Disney recently was going to be supporting travel for, you know, abortion care for its employees. And I thought that that was pretty incredible given that Disney for a long time had been a very, quote, family values based organization and um, you know recently they seem to be growing a little bit more progressive in terms of you know a wide variety of things I don't know I'm rambling I don't know why I'm rambling about Disney that's where my brain is at right now anyway you know for people who are looking to get organized who are looking for resources who want to research the law, 
there are options available and nobody needs me for that. So here I am in the tub and it's been a couple of days and I just, I still feel like I can't breathe. I wrote a slightly more organized and coherent post um, that I shared on FetLife. So if anybody's interested, you can find me on there, Sunny Lee Main, and, and read the full post. And in the moment, it was cathartic to write. And I, I definitely stand by everything I wrote there. But I'm just sort of taking a moment to breathe and to sit with this news about the state of the world right now, the state of the country that I live in. You know, I feel pretty raw still. But, you know, I feel like I'm just going through, it's almost like stages of of grief right now. And, um... Out of order and repeating some, you know, sadness back to anger, back to researching. I don't know what that would be, maybe like bargaining or something. The only one that I am not currently experiencing and refuse to experience is denial because, you know, this terrible thing, this terrible crisis of human rights in the United States, in the country where I live, has happened. And there's no hiding from it. There's no denying it. And there's no undoing it. We can't go back and change what has happened. We can only change the future. We can only move forward one step at a time. And so, yeah, I'm fucking angry. And I'm really fucking sad. And I am sitting in the bathtub just trying to breathe and to organize my thoughts about the whole thing. In my vanilla life, I work with survivors of intimate partner violence, of sexual violence. I work with families and children in shelters who don't have the resources that they need to survive. I work with children in the foster care system and I work with people who are just struggling. And some of them have always wanted to be parents and Some of them have always wanted to be child-free, and some of them became pregnant through no choice of their own. And, you know, I just, I keep thinking that this really just fucks everybody. You know, I think about how I live in a state where abortion access is going to be fiercely fought for and protected, but access is still inevitably going to be reduced because as people from other parts of the country 
become essentially refugees and seek treatment in my home state, it is going to overwhelm the system and it's going to decrease access not only to abortion care, but to other types of health care. And even in a state that fights for choice and fights for resources, there's going to be struggle. And I can't even imagine how people are feeling who believe in choice and live in states where those things are not an option. (sighs) Deep breath. And... You know, then I just think about myself. I am a survivor of sexual assault and of intimate partner violence. And access to reproductive health care and emergency contraception, easy access to Plan B, has saved me a lot of times. I think back to a time when I was actually living abroad in Europe and I was sexually assaulted and feeling totally isolated. I didn't really know anybody. And in the country that I was living in at the time, I was able to, at one point during that Um, that stage just walk into a pharmacy and ask for emergency contraception. It was that easy. And because I had access to that, because I have access to that several times throughout my life, I have never had to make the incredibly difficult decision about whether or not I was going to have an abortion where I would access it. But it's definitely something that I thought through and had a tremendous amount of relief about at the time, knowing that, you know, if the emergency contraception failed, I was not out of options. I wasn't out of choice. I still had control of my own body. And yeah. I'm now living in a in a country that is saying that I am less than a whole human, that I am not able to make decisions about what happens to my body, and I'm still having a trauma response, to be honest. I am triggered AF. And I've been on the internet, and I've done research about what are the backup options, how can I get involved, what can I do to help to fight to move forward. And yeah, I've cried quite a bit. And I've had a couple panic attacks. And, you know, I've posted on social media, both in my vanilla and fetish life, and in my vanilla life have struggled with learning things about people that I love that I wish i You know, I never had to know because I just can't reconcile that information with the person that I've cared about. And, you know, I had a pretty fierce, pretty public debate in my vanilla social media with somebody that I have been close with for a very long time and who essentially developed 
what at the time was a safe space for survivors of domestic violence and who has self-identified as a feminist and who talks about, you know, believing in sort of like this female power and who had been a role model to me for a really long time and who is a survivor of intimate partner violence herself. And I was shocked to see that this person has been pretty happy about the turn of events. And watching people that I know argue about it has just been really ugly. And I've just been shocked by comments by people who I really thought, you know, believed in science and fact and data and who are sort of spewing misinformation. I have been shocked and appalled watching people on both sides speak about their feelings about the issue in a way that is really not gender inclusive. You know, even folks who are pro-choice largely just focused on the rights of women, the rights of mothers, and not focused on the rights of people with uteruses, not understanding that some of the people who will be most affected by lack of access are not even being included in their discussion of recent events. (sighs) Deep breaths. And I have tried to engage pretty fearlessly with fact, with gender inclusiveness, you know, reminding folks that not everybody who gets pregnant or has the ability to become pregnant is a woman or identifies as a mother. Yeah. People walking around with a feminist badge and then you find out they are turf. So ugliness on both sides of this issue. And just a general feeling of there are people that I love who are not who I thought they were. And crisis, you know, it really brings out people's deepest, truest feelings. And so on top of the trauma of, you know, the law and the state of things, I'm I'm dealing with some trauma regarding people that I care about. And learning things about them that make me see them in a different light and trying to process that. And you know what? It sucks. The whole thing sucks. (sighs) I remember years ago living alone and really dear friend of mine who I still love today and who at a different time in our lives, I was in love with romantically. 
showing up on my doorstep in Boston years later and not feeling very well and telling me that they were, in fact, in the midst of an abortion, having taken medication for, you know, a medication-induced at-home termination of pregnancy and holding space for that person and knowing that that person was dealing with so many different emotions that that choice had so not been easy. And then really just being filled with gratitude that that person had that choice and that their life could still be what they wanted it to be. I think about how I am child-free by choice and how I love my partners dearly and how I love that I'm in control of my own life, that I can make choices on a day-to-day basis as an adult without the responsibility of having to first consider children that I'm responsible for. Now, I do a fair bit of that with my fur babies, who I love dearly, my puppies, and I have two life partners, and we have two dogs. And sometimes that's difficult, being responsible for another life entirely. And... I feel like I've sort of struck a balance. I have loving partners. I'm able to do a career that's fulfilling to me. I mean, fuck that. Some days I'm burnt out and I, you know, I can't face another day at work. I'm exhausted emotionally and physically, but I have that choice to have a full-time career. I can do what I want. I can spend a week out of state and work remotely with one partner and we can all live under one roof and I don't have to make tough choices about how I share my time with the adult humans that I love because I'm not responsible for little humans. And... I've struggled at times in my life feeling like as a female identifying person, others in my life see me as less human, less female, like there's something wrong with me because I don't have the drive to have children. You know, it's a choice that I have made. I feel empowered in that decision. That doesn't mean that there aren't days where it's hard. And sometimes it's hard just within myself. Sometimes I wonder what if. And until it is something that I want more than all of these other amazing things that I have in my life, I'm going to remain resolute in my decision. And I'm also a person with physical um 
concerns. I have a neurological condition. I suffer from severe migraines that can be debilitating and some sensory issues and all of that's kind of rolled together, some autonomic dysfunction problems. And my body does not work really well some days. It doesn't like to cooperate. And as a result of all of these combined things, I'm not a person who can safely take hormonal birth control and I have to often rely on barrier methods of protection and knowing that while those are very effective any method of birth control can at any time fail and I've always had this peace of mind that if there was a failure Now that I'm in a place with my health where hormonal birth control is really not a super safe option, and that does include, for me personally, things like Plan B, there are some risks involved. I've always felt like I had this safety net. And right now in this moment, because of where I live, it is still there for the moment, but I feel like it's not guaranteed. Because even though I live in a state where this type of service will be legal, who knows? Maybe the healthcare system will become so overwhelmed that by the time I can access that kind of care, it will be too late. And I'm a person with a lot of privilege. I have financial resources at my disposal because of my career and the fact that the adults in my household work and that we don't have children to care for, you know, it gives us a certain amount of financial freedom. And, you know, I just think about what could happen. And even with enough financial freedom and privilege at my fingertips, it's still terrifying. And I just can't imagine living in a state where there was no access, being in a situation where I didn't have these resources that would make access a little bit easier. Um, Actually, I can. I can because it is currently my life's work to help folks who are struggling in those circumstances. So while I I have not experienced it personally, I do have a, a pretty decent idea of what that looks like. And... It's pretty awful to be in a position where things are already difficult and now you have an impossible choice to make. And up until recently, there at least was a choice to be made. And now for a lot of people, that choice is gone. And again, I just I feel like I'm rambling here, but I am emotional and struggling with this and... It is a lot. It is a lot. I think about my sister who I love and who has chosen to be a parent and who loves her children. And I think about how much I love her children. And even as a person who has always wanted to be a parent, 
I think about what would happen to her if she had an ectopic pregnancy or if she decided that three beautiful kiddos was enough and that four would be too many. And I can imagine what a difficult choice that would be for her. And I think about what things would be like for her life if she lived in a state where that was no longer a choice. And I just think about all this back and forth and back and forth about all the reasons why someone would make that choice. And then I just, I think, you know what? It's none of my fucking business. It's none of anybody's fucking business. It doesn't matter if you have an ectopic pregnancy. It doesn't matter if you want an abortion because you were sexually assaulted or because things aren't financially stable right now or because you just don't want children even with lots of resources at your disposal. It's none of my business. And my choices aren't anybody else's business. And we don't need to be talking about reasons. We need to just be respecting each other as human beings and say, fuck, I want to have control over my body. I want to have choice. And I respect the right of my neighbors to have that choice. I think one of the reasons that we still have so much conflict in this country is because people, they fail to embrace their freedom. They fail to learn to live by their own values, make their own choices, and stick to their own convictions within their own life and just leave their neighbors the fuck alone. Anyway, if like me, you're struggling with the recent news, if you're fired up and angry and ready to protest, if you just want to curl in a ball and cry if you haven't even begun to unravel or process your feelings about all of this. You are not alone. And as I mentioned, there are many amazing organizations, resources like Planned Parenthood and other organizations that are dedicated to raising funds for transportation, for access, for legal aid. Those resources are out there. There are people who are willing to stand up and fight for choice, for basic human rights, for basic health care being available to all people. There are others willing to fight for consent because at the end of the day, what consenting adults do in their private lives, you know, we talk about this all the time in kink. What consenting adults do in their private lives is nobody else's fucking business. Risk-aware consensual kink, risk-aware consensual healthcare. It's the same thing. People have a right to determine what happens to their bodies. (sighs) I don't know, maybe I'm going to listen to this and it's going to sound rambly and a little crazy and a little disjointed, I'm sure. There are so many other things to say, but the reality is I'm still in the bathtub And I still have tightness in my chest and feel like two steps away from a panic attack. Just thinking about it and organized is not where I'm at. And, you know, I I hope to get organized about it. I hope to collect all of my thoughts. And I've already found some small ways to contribute and to feel like I am supporting the cause that I believe in. 
And maybe if people just simply refuse to accept the status quo, maybe things will get a little bit better. Maybe there will be light at the end of the tunnel. But we have a long way to go. And so, yeah, five stages of grieving, going through them. I can even remember them all (laughs) in my current state. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So, you know what? There are actually two stages that I refuse to go through. I might cycle through the anger, bargaining, and depression quite a few times, but I'm not going to deny that there is a problem and... I refuse to accept that this is the last word, and I hope our listeners won't either. This is Sunny, (laughs) she, her, emotional mass queer person, person who has survived intimate partner violence and sexual assault, person who believes in consent, in adults having the freedom to choose what happens to their own body. And I'm signing out for the moment. I'm probably going to have another cry today. Probably a few more tears will be shed this evening. But anyway, I hope everybody joins us for, for the main show. If this ends up being a short or maybe it'll end up being part of an episode. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up buried in the vault. <laughs> And I'll come up with something more coherent and organized to say. But you know what? I was I was feeling like I should just be genuine and share my feelings. And so there you have it. <laughs>